This is Sissy Jones, the voice of Fury in Darksiders 3. Be a dear, won't you? And listen to the Xbox expansion pass. You don't want to be on the receiving end of my whip. Now go. Welcome one, welcome all to episode 167 of the Xbox Expansion Pass, recorded on Saturday, March 4th, 2023. I am your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, the intrepid Captain Logan. And in this episode, we are discussing reports of the EU approving the Activision Blizzard deal, Elden Ring is dropping DLC, and Woe Long is out now and is arriving to critical acclaim. As always, we like to start the show by offering words of kindness to those who have made our gaming weeks better. Logan, what are your words of kindness and how are you? I'm doing I'm doing okay. This has been a it's been a heck of a week, I'll tell you. But you know what? This, it's Saturday. We're sitting here recording about Xbox. That mm-hmm. always makes me excited. I always love coming here. So Regardless of what's happened the last five days, it doesn't matter because I've got you now for the next hour, hour and a half, maybe. It depends on how long I can keep you here. Uh, but I'm, I'm looking forward to the conversation because I, I definitely want and need it. Uh, but my words of kindness go out to Stephen Spawn. Um, nice. Every time I'm feeling low, uh, Stephen has a video that he that he's got on his on his Twitter account. It's his pinned tweet, and it's from his ambassador award ceremony from March of 2022. And he does an acceptance speech that always reminds me that no matter what adversity or what issues I'm having in life, mm-hmm. there's always going to be someone who's going through the exact same struggle, um, but could be harder. And his latest tweet really, really stuck to me uh, this week, and it really made me kind of think, like, you know what? I'm, I'm okay where I'm, I'm at right now. It's mm-hmm. not my fault. Uh, it's, it's not all my fault if, if I don't succeed in things I want to do. So I wanted to put this out and says, like it or not, luck is part of any field. There are successful people at the top who are all, all way less talented than others who didn't catch a break. Quite often, it's not the person who has the best product. It's the person who markets the product the best, including themselves. And that's why I wanted to to kind of showcase that because you and I put out content and we may not be the, the most popular show now. I think we will be because I think we, we definitely have a great product. Um, but I think it's, it is true that marketing sometimes plays a bigger role into who's the bigger flashier thing, regardless of, of what it is. So I, I want to thank Steven this week for reminding me that, you can be making really, really amazing stuff and and really touching a lot of hearts out there. And even if you're making a small footprint, it's still better than none because at least you're still enriching someone's life. Mm-hmm. That's a cool, that's a really, really feel good thing. I, um, at the, at the risk of being a little bit self-promotional, we had, I had Steven spawn on, I think he was the second or third guest to come on. XT. Yeah. One of my and- favorites when he was willing to come on when I had no audience, like I had like 10 people that listened, um, that says a lot about someone's character. 
And that's yeah. been really cool. Really, really cool. Uh, we should reach back out. And, and I'd love to. I would yeah. love to talk with him. He's got a fantastic community too. You know, he's he's got a really, really close-knit group of people that are his moderators and stuff for his yeah. streams and genuinely funny guy. Um, absolutely love his sense of humor on, on Twitter. That's a great call out. Absolutely someone to make you feel better. Because uh, mm-hmm. you and I have been having some, it, it was a rough week for both of us. It's kind of an ongoing rough thing. Um, and when you have each other and then you have people like, like Steven there, that's a, that's a good one. So yeah, I've got that note down. We'll, we'll see about that one. That's cool, man. That's yeah. good. I'm glad True. he was able to brighten your week. Yeah. True luminary. And it was all passive too. It was just because of what he does on a regular basis. And and I just happened, he's one of those people that I've got like pinned in my, in my bookmarks. It's like, if I'm having a rough day, I go to Steven because he, he always reminds me that it's okay to have rough days and it's okay to, uh, to recognize that. Yeah. In, a, uh, in, in another rough week, I had three standout moments that just absolutely made my week better. Um, because I turn to video games when things are tough as well. That mm. has been my, I, I just turn to it. And whether that's the game I'm playing, the story of the game I'm playing, the people I'm playing with, or uh, in, in this week's case, people that are just around my gaming verse for one reason or another. And um, so I have three, which I hope you'll indulge me with. Oh, uh, 100%, the, please. Yeah, the, the first one is is Jam Pack Sam. Now, I've mentioned him before. He hosts the Exhibition Podcast, but... Um, he and I, uh, both big Halo fans. He lives in North Carolina as well. Um, he did something for me, which was very, very simple that led to something else, which he, he got me a code for the indie shooter game leap. He won a code, uh, like, you know, you tag, it's one of those, like you tag someone on Twitter that you like to play with. Um, Mm -hmm. and and he, he gave me that so I could check out that indie game, which is, uh, really neat to, to, to see an indie team trying to shoot above their their weight and, and grab that one. Um, but then Sam ended up joining our Discord, and uh, we played Outriders together. He joined that conversation, which a lot of us are talking about Outriders and playing Outriders this weekend, which, you know, who would have thought Outriders, right? Yeah. Um, I found some old World Slayer codes and was able to, to give those to a few people, and um, it was just cool right like sam was just there and and he he jumped in and and he's enjoying a game that i'm enjoying so that was a feel good um and then uh unbeknownst to him on a a particularly rough day where i was helping some students through some really really rough stuff um red beast whose name is adam he sent me a message back on on patreon uh and it turns out that uh adam and his kids listened to xep on the way to school on monday so i wanted to give them a shout out on uh, Monday mornings and they're on the way to school. Uh, oh. Shout out to Adam and his kiddos. Cause that no cooler thing can be that they, you know, listen to the show on the way to school and help brighten their day and whatnot. So shout out to them. Uh, Cause that was a great message to get. They, they'd been listening since 2021 when I was on player one, which was really neat. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And, and like I said, like this is a list of people that have just made my week on, during a tough time. And then Matt Valdez uh, over on Twitter was cool enough he said hey i can't get into the patreon just yet but here's a code for the dead space digital deluxe edition for you to give away wow. uh so i'm giving that away <laughs> over in our our discord which is uh really really cool and like just the kindness of those those three individuals just reminded me why gaming is so powerful and amazing and so i'm just grateful to for that uh and, and their kindness that's just a cool win i think yeah 
Yeah. Those are fantastic moments just to, especially like Adam and his kids. Like I, I, I love, I love getting those messages from folks. Um, funny enough, there's a, a person in my community named Adam as well. He reached out to me a long time ago, told me he, he does the same thing. And I was like, I, I showed the, I showed the message to my wife and I was like, honey, look, this is so cool. It's so mm-hmm. fantastic. I love, I love hearing that. I love when folks have something fun to come to and they can share it with their kids, especially when it involves gaming. Cause it's like, you know, they're getting, they're getting into gaming then as well. Yeah. Exactly. And that's that's kind of why I keep XCP family friendly um, for that purpose. That's not to say that like I, I believe in that, like I thoroughly enjoy not being that way in my in my private life with my buddies, Mr. Babbitt, you and, and such. There's, but like the show, yeah. I like being able to be for everybody, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. We, we there's late night Luke and then there's yeah. and then there's XCP Luke. That's and, right. And that the tone on that came across. Her, <laughs> well, but, her. I know what you mean, though. And both are real. <laughs> That's the thing that's so cool. It's yeah. like both are sincere and real. And I often talk with my friends that are in education. It's like, I can be Mr. Lore. I can be Luke. I mm-hmm. can be, uh, you know, like your friend. I can be your buddy. I can be the, the host. I can do. And, and they're all real. They're all sincere. It's just a matter of which hat am I wearing at the time? Yeah. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's like going to, it's like going to a friend's party. You know, you, it depends yeah. on the type of party because you'll, you'll show up to the party regardless. It just depends on, you know, is this a kid's birthday party or is this like a, Hey, we're going to sit down and watch game of Thrones party. Like mm-hmm. it just depends on, on, on what the situation is. But yeah, it, it definitely love that, that it we're, you're putting out content that everyone can enjoy and it doesn't, they don't have to like sit there and, Oh man, I really want to listen to this, but I got to wait till the kids go to bed. Cause who knows what's going to come out of the podcast, you know, stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, let's take a moment and give our Patreon members a shout out this week. I'm going to handle these because I I want to read the voice this time. Uh, <laughs> these shout outs go to our tier two and three members. Uh, shout out to Red Beast, Xbox Mike 29, Matt Without Fear, The Lord, Sir and Master James Suddy, Brendan Myers, a.k.a. The Winter Gamer, Sony's VP of Marketing, Mr. Kevin Butler, my man, Mr. Clint Coombs. Of course, we've got DJ Hero and the man Dano12. Shout out to you guys. Thank you for supporting XEP at tier two or three. Uh, and Logan, I have started a new show that will be debuting this week for tier two and three members uh, called Creator Talk, where I bring creators on from around the community that will be debuting. First episode uh, is set to have Mr. Boomstick XL. Uh, but then we've got PTK Blam, Fame2K, uh, K Asante is coming on. Uh, but in general, it's just going to be a topical show talking about uh, any random gaming-specific topic uh, with another content creator. First up, we're going to be talking about the quality of games in Game Pass. Stoked for that one. Uh, and then Tier 3 members, they got to everybody got to experience the Xbox wrap-up. Uh, but our next episode will be Tier 3 members as well. Uh, I'm so proud and, and appreciative of that gaming community we're creating. Yeah. Yeah. Although I think they, they almost, they almost canceled us with our, uh, with our first XEP episode. They did. They did. I mean, and I stand by it. Halo combat evolved is the worst of the Halos. So I do not feel bad. Uh, you guys can go check out that episode uh, on Patreon if you like, but that was the oh, worst man. one for sure. <laughs> I will riot or I almost rioted guys when I heard Logan's, uh, 
his worst one. Oh my gosh. Couldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But that's, that is a different show. We've got a lot of very real news this week, uh, Logan, which was exciting yeah. because it wasn't, it wasn't BS Activision stuff. It wasn't console sniping. It wasn't no. silliness involved. Right. Uh, very real news with Activision Blizzard. Uh, and I'm excited by it for a couple reasons. Um, it led to a great question from Todd Oxtra, but in general, just practical, relevant stuff here. Um, Activision's deal it looks like it's going to pass through the EU. It looks like those last minute uh, signatures uh, from N- NVIDIA and Nintendo, the ones we discussed last week, where they where Xbox said essentially that the majority of the content would still be multi-platform and available in other places that eased a lot of the potential monopoly concerns. Uh, and that is pretty big, all things considered, because the two major hurdles to get over are the FTC in the United States and the EU's commission uh, on, on you know, antitrust laws and such. So I was really happy to see that Activision deal is going to go through because what it means is we can stop talking about conjecture. That's yeah. exciting. Um, but yeah, to bring games in perpetuity to NVIDIA's cloud streaming, awesome to bring things to Nintendo. Absolutely fine with that. I want more people playing great games. Um, this is good news. It sounds like based on this news, they're not going to have to split off anything like call of duty wouldn't have to be sold off and that be its own thing. It looks like they're going to get the whole thing overall. Um, this is based on reports out of Reuters, which have been right about everything so far. That they've said so take that you know grain of salt but also acknowledging that the source has been very reliable thus far um looks like that's good news i, I would say yeah i it's it's nice to hear because it's it's what it's what xbox has been saying it's what phil spencer was saying that he was just on xbox on with uh charlie who mm-hmm. was kind of met her she's amazing oh yeah she's she does a fantastic job uh she's yes. a great host um she she was talking to him and again came right back to they want to have call of duty available to as many people as possible the deals that they signed solidified that and it really did, did kind of, uh, it was a good faith gesture to the EU regulator saying like, hey, you know, we are we are serious. We are, we are legally willing to say that for the next 10 years, which is an entire console generation for sure, that they are willing to bring Call of Duty. And that's, and that's just a, a 10 year deal that they're for sure going to do. They'll probably keep doing it afterwards too. Because yeah. they'll probably see that it'll draw a lot of people to those to that game through those consoles, through those ecosystems and stuff. And it really does kind of say like, hey, this is this is just one of those things that is going to be extremely damaging to Sony's revenue that mm-hmm. they don't have an answer for this. And they're 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 concerned that they're going to lose a lot of those exclusivity deals with Call of Duty that they've had marketing, you know, deals out for a long, long time. And I'm really glad to hear, I don't know if we're going to dive into it, but I'm really glad to hear that, uh, that, that the FTC, uh, the judges are saying like, Hey, Microsoft is allowed to get the documents disclosing the information of the exclusivity deals that my, that Sony has been using to try and keep games off of game pass. Yeah, so uh, what, what Logan's alluding to is that a U.S. judge has granted permission for Microsoft to see those documents. Uh, it's part, part of a process called discovery uh, that essentially says, you know, Sony's been making third-party deals 
And Xbox is now going to have access to see what those deals are as far back as 2019. Now, in some ways, that's a lot of documents to see and others like th there's certainly more that they're not going to have access to. But I think this is going to be really telling to see, you know, Sony has been by far the market leader for for any number of metrics at this point, and they've done a great job at bringing exclusive content to their platform by way of third parties and third party deals, whether it be uh, special strikes in Destiny, special characters in, in games like Marvel's Avengers, uh, just bringing perks in general to Call of Duty fans. And as Sony has done this, what is it that they are offering companies that Xbox has not? Xbox has gotten a lot of insight into Sony uh, by way of releasing games onto their platform. Phil Spencer in that same interview has talked about how they've been good stewards of Minecraft, how they've been willing to put out uh, a lot of their games onto the PC space and, and letting Sony games come to Xbox Game Pass and MLB The Show. And so there's a lot of getting to see behind the scenes for how each other operates. But this new discovery bit is going to let Microsoft realize what it is Sony's doing that they are not because for all intents and purposes from the outside looking in, it has felt like Microsoft has been either beaten to the punch or offered deals that have been turned down for reasons we can't figure out um, from third party distributors. And so I'm anxious to see what this brings to light, if anything. No, I don't think there's any type of conspiracy. No, I don't think the words exposed should be in all caps on a thumbnail. Um, but I would like to see more competition between the two because uh, I love games and competition makes the best of gamers. And one thing this Activision Blizzard deal has shown consistently is that while we might feel it is the, the two console makers, uh, PlayStation and Microsoft, that are competing head to head, uh, it's very much been a skewed battle. And PlayStation's been far ahead, uh, not just in terms of sales uh, of units, but, but in general of market share. And so I'm yeah. anxious to see what comes of that. Um, there's a lot of cool things that could come from this. And I wonder, Logan, if when all is said and done, you know, Microsoft was, was, was proposing, hey, we'll put Call, Call of Duty there for 10 years. Hey, we'll, we'll give you this. We'll give you that. It could be that a deal doesn't need to happen. And Microsoft then gets to do whatever they want. And Sony misses out on more incentives that they could have had because they tried to play hardball. Um, I don't know. Not a lawyer, not a doctor. Yeah. Uh, I don't actually care. Truth be told, I just want to play, but uh, it sounds like Sony might come out worse than they would have had. They just signed the deals. Yeah. And you know, I was thinking about it because the, the, the year 2019 stuck out in my mind and I remembered that 2019 was the year that Sony got survival spec ops for a year long exclusivity for Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the first reboot of Modern Warfare, which was a huge hit after Black Ops 3 when everyone was looking forward to like Warzone and having a proper thing. So they couldn't get like Warzone lockdown, but they did have like an entire mode lockdown on their console for an entire year. So those details will soon probably be made public with you know redactions but mm -hmm. i think i think this is really going to show a lot of the regulators who are concerned about sony's um statements uh being mm -hmm. valid it, it will start to show like just how tight 
the the rope is around some of these publishers who make marketing deals with Sony and how much more competitive they could be if they didn't have to sign those types of exclusivity contracts for the marketing deals that they're willing to make. Because a lot of that is, you know, we see that now. We're seeing, you know, Sony having really, really good marketing deals and publishing rights for for certain content. Um, and I think that this will just kind of really show off uh, what Sony is doing really, really well, which is making the deals that really push content to their console. And Microsoft has always tried to, you know, play nice and, and try and, you know, make sure that content is available everywhere. Like if you talk to anyone who was on, is a console fan for Sony and loved, uh, Bethesda games, the, the outcries of, of Bethesda, a company that was bought and paid by microsoft for them putting exclusive content on xbox was really like any new projects that come to uh from bethesda any new franchises are going to be xbox exclusive and that really really upset a lot of uh sony fans of of bethesda and it's like i can i can understand that i would feel the same way if destiny 2 went completely uh, exclusive to sony i would have to Mm -hmm. i would lose access to all of my expansions so it would it would be a really really rough uh, gig there, but it's it's going. To, I'm glad this is like starting to push forward. We're coming down to the last few months. It'll be really really interesting to see what happens over the next month because I think there's going to be a lot of hearings and a lot mm-hmm. of uh, information that gets put out. Uh, so it'll be very very just very interesting to see what kind of uh, deals have been going on in in dark rooms, you know, with with lots of coffee uh, from Sony and, and different publishers. Agreed. And I'm anxious for it to be done just for it to be done for a lot of reasons. But I want to know, like, was it something so extreme as if you publish over on if you give exclusive content to Xbox, we're not going to publish you on PlayStation or we're not going to give you this or that? Was it something that extreme and that silly or was it uh, just a matter of no, we're just going to give you more money to put Final Fantasy over here? Um, yeah. something I liked from the interview with Charlie over on Xbox on was my, was Phil Spencer saying, Hey, exclusives are part of our business that does sell consoles, but we've been good stewards of Minecraft. We've been good stewards of the Bethesda properties like doom and elder scrolls and fallout that are all over there. We didn't drop support for anything. Um, and we have no plans to now exclusives are part of it. And yes, Starfield's going to come exclusively to Xbox as it should, uh, in this case, but I, I really appreciated from the outside looking in what feels like very frank speak. I feel like Xbox has walked the walk as they've talked the talk um, yeah. in this particular aspect of it. And things like these hearings will bring those to light. And then smarter people than I will tell me if I'm uh, speaking out of pocket or not. And that will be what I'm more interested in. So yeah, for what you will. Yeah. Did you see, did you see Todd? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was, I was just going to say it's, it's really surprising that when they bought Bethesda and ZeniMax and stuff that even the exclusivity deals that Sony had with Mm -hmm. those titles, they still honored those contract or those contracts, like those legally binding contracts. So it's like, if, if Sony were to do a 10 year deal with call of duty, you know, Microsoft would honor it there would be nothing like there would be no underhanded or changing of the, it wouldn't be a Darth Vader moment. Like they just, they just honor it. Altered the deal. (laughs) God, I'm so stupid. Oh my God. 
deal. How dare you? Are you yeah. not a real fan? I know. I know. I know. But what did Todd say? Uh, Todd Oxtra from Super Friends Unite. He says, assuming the Activision Blizzard deal goes forward, what changes do you think Xbox needs to make to better manage 30 plus studios to build quality and consistency in their first party releases? They've had ongoing internal issues and Activision Blizzard King has foundational issues to repair as well. Uh, M&As are tough. And he says mergers and acquisitions are tough. I love this question. I yeah. love this question. I want to, um, did you, I'll, I'll go ahead and jump in first on this one. Um, I agree full heartedly that Xbox needs to do a better job at managing their studios. Um, they have had issues with putting out high quality products start to finish, right? Halo infinite being the most recent example. It came out, came out really well in a great state. Wasn't prepared for the platform that it had built to deliver ongoing content. Um, Forza Horizon came out in a great state, delivered solid content. I don't know that Rally Adventure is going to be what everybody wants, but it's still great content. Like the game is very playable and enjoyed and well supported. Sea of Thieves, well supported. But um, Battletoads, right? But we haven't seen a major AAA first party game in some time. And that is an issue. Uh, what Xbox needs to do or keep doing is supporting its studios that have multiple teams. When you look at Hi-Fi Rush, that is not what Tango Gameworks traditionally makes. They were allowed to make something creative, allowed to make something fun. uh, When Activision, it it started rather before Xbox took over, but then Xbox comes in, sees it and allows it to keep going despite it not being a third person action horror title. And that's awesome. And suddenly we've got 2 million players in Hi-Fi Rush with more to come. That's awesome. You know, when you see uh, Obsidian putting out Grounded, when you see Obsidian putting out The Outer Worlds, and then Avowed, it's like, okay, you know what? I love that Xbox is letting studios have multiple teams, be creative, make what they want to make. That's awesome. So that needs to keep happening. Uh, But they do need to clean up, you know, what's my plan for this game? Is this game reaching quality bars that we want it to it'll be really interesting to see if starfield launches and if it's a, a bethesda bethesda buggy mess or if it's legit and that will be i think very telling did microsoft say hey todd no you can't be bugs as a feature uh when hellblade comes out does it set a visual standard because i want microsoft with all its talents because it's got a lot i want them to have a god of war moment that's what they desperately 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 need what do you think yeah no i i agree um it's it's going to be very interesting because right now if the deal goes through matt booty is the gentleman who is head of studios right he's the one that kind of like goes from studio to studio checking to see like what projects are going he he's the one that kind of green lights like the the financial aspect of of a lot of these studios projects and he is but one man and there is only so many number or so many hours in the day to be able to 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 see these things. So I would love to see Phil Spencer um, bring up someone like Sarah Bond uh, yes. or, or, you know, akin to that caliber of, of character to work alongside Matt to help try and manage the sheer number of studios that Activision Blizzard King would bring into the Xbox ecosystem. Um, And I think 
Matt does a great job of seeing potential, especially with projects that are smaller in scope. Um, it's, it's easier. It's the bigger ones that, that tend to really need a lot of attention that I think get trusted to the studio heads to kind of, you know, show run those. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and everything kind of starts off as a small title. Um, Sea of Thieves did, it's one of the biggest games for Xbox right now, but it started off as a small unity project between six people and, and in the studio, um, you know, like eight years ago. And I, I think that they saw the potential with that. And I think that they could manage this, but I would love to know that it's not all on Matt's shoulders. Um, because I, I think I would be worried about his, his attention being split up too much to be able mm-hmm. to, uh, to be able to handle all of these. And I, I would love to talk with him about this. I don't think that I, w- I would ever get, you know, time. His time is, is, is very precious. But I, I, I think that they would need to really start looking at the changes to leadership at Xbox mm-hmm. to try and, and help kind of handle the workload that having all of these are. And maybe there are people at Activision Blizzard that are that are like that. I think if that's the case, then feel free to keep those people in those positions. Give them the, the, the Xbox Microsoft training that... Mm-hmm those that the that the the cfos or, or the ceos or ccos or you know see whoever microsoft like whatever their training program goes for their officers um start having the the activision people go into that and be like all right look things were like the way they were when you guys were under uh bobby kodak this is how we run a boat um you guys need to fall in line if you're if you're gonna stay on this ship i think microsoft's already done a good job on the Activision side of like Activision does have problems uh, to, to Todd's point that they need to clean out and repair foundational issues. He calls them. And I, and I agree with him. I think Microsoft did a lot when they simply said, Hey, we support your unions. And that says yeah. a lot. If your workforce is happy, they're going to create better products. Um, freeing up some of those studios from making only call of duty important deannualizing call of duty important creating call of duty to be a live a games as live service important as well because i know that that's a swear word among many live service games but call of duty is the right one to be a live service game fortnite is the right one to be a live service game suicide squad is not it is not It is not, nor was Gotham Knights, nor are any of my single-player superhero games. You blasphemous people! I, I, I let me let me throw a little caveat in there. Maybe not necessarily single-player, but narrative storytelling games. That's fair. That's fair. And and, yep. and if you do, I think do what a lot of a lot of games do, which is like you know, Call of Duty has their campaign. They also have their multiplayer. They also have their battle royale. And they're mm-hmm. separate entities and you can play whichever one you want. Um, so if you want to have Gotham Knights with a live service, mm-hmm. have it as a live service. Avengers was like that. I think Avengers just needed to be a better game and have better mm-hmm. support for the the live service thing. I think a lot of people were turned off by the the uh, the, the stunt double Avengers um, mm-hmm. look. I think yep. with Suicide Squad, they're going with a much more unique look to a lot of their characters. And I think that will serve them a lot better than avengers did but i i think yeah keep keep the campaign separate let the people have the multiplayer games as a service if they want to bring their character over from campaign they can you know just 
I, I think that's maybe the caveat that I would I would want to put on there if if you would allow it. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good caveat, and I will redact or rescind part of my statement for that purpose. Okay. <laughs> um, so yes, I will allow that one and that one only. Uh, but live service doesn't need to be something awful. It does need to be respected, and Call of Duty I think is ripe for it. Um, yeah. But I hope that that once it once the deal goes through or doesn't, we can move on, and we can allow allow studios to free up and make new experiences. I want to know what Activision's talent can do if they said, "Hey, you can make your grounded, you can make your Hi-Fi Rush," and yeah. that is that is an exciting prospect, all things considered. The amount of talent over at Activision Blizzard King is is amazing. And Blizzard has a certain amount of autonomy with what they do. Um, and they're allowed to do that for the most part, but there's definitely a lot of uh, top-down um, directing going on there. And, and, and in the, the, the interview with Charlie on Xbox On, Phil even came out and said, hey, we have a lot of creative people. We want to see what they do when they're allowed to create. And, and as, as uh, uh, you know, as, as any of us are fans of the IPs that are lying dormant under Activision, you know, their, their publishing rights, mm-hmm. I would love to see some of those franchises come to light. I think a lot of people were bummed out when they found out that uh, the team that was working on Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 Remake were shifted over to um, uh, who's it, Diablo 4. Right. But I think it'll I think it'll enrich Diablo 4. But a lot of fans of the Tony Hawk Pro series wanted to see 3 and 4 get remastered as well. Right. And they might be able to do that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Oh, man. Uh, Shout out to that Diablo 4 beta. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. Me too. I can't wait. Uh, Did you see that Elden Ring is getting DLC? I did. I heard about this. I'm not an Elden Ring person. I've tried playing it a little bit, but I have no clue what the expansion is going to do. I can't Mm -hmm. imagine that game's huge. Is yeah. it going to be story or is it just going to be bosses? I don't know that they're that much different. Um, <laughs> well, I want to shout out a Patreon member, Clint Coombs, because he spotted this one for us and put it over in our Discord show topic. So shout out to him. Uh, but the Elden Ring put out a tweet saying, Rise, Tarnish, let us walk a new path together in an upcoming expansion for Elden Ring. Shadow of the Air Tree is currently in development. We hope you look forward to new adventures in the lands between. Um, I... Don't know if it's bosses or story. Obviously, it's going to be story, but like Elden Ring is not a game that gives you story. You have to go watch a video to figure out the story. I had 150 hours in that game, and I loved uh, 135 <laughs> of them. Uh, those first 15 were tough, but I figured it out. I learned oh, really? how to play it. Yeah, I just had to learn how to play it. I never played a Souls mm. game, and Same. Elden Ring is, in fact, very approachable comparatively. It onboards you terribly according or next to other games, but truly... Um, it's a great experience. So I'm excited for this. I doubt it comes out anytime soon. Holiday, late holiday would be my guess. Uh, but expect a year. I'm stoked for this one. You think it's, you uh, think a year? Yeah, I, I would say a year because it usually an announcement is, is already into already past pre-production has been greenlit. Mm-hmm. So usually you want at least a year, depending on the size of the content. I do have a question for you though. Sure. Uh, because I know you've played through Jedi Fallen Order. Yep. Um, is how, because, okay, I'm within the first 15 hours. And you said that it took you about 15 hours to to get accustomed or acquainted with the, the, the systems. 
playing Jedi Fallen Order, how similar does it feel to Elden Ring as far as combat goes? Because that that's kind of what hinges on me is I don't have a fantastic story of space battles and drama with Elden Ring. It feels very plain. It feels like I'm just running around Hyrule Field killing stuff without any real direction. And that's and it's like I need I need the Zelda to to fetch quest. Like I have to go rescue the princess. And I just want to know if the combat's worth it, like it is in, in Jedi Fallen Order, or if I'm gonna have to find my own fun. One hundred percent it is worth it. Without a doubt. Okay. But I don't think Jedi Fallen Order is compar- comparable. Um, but it th- but I thought it was. So Darksiders 3 and Jedi Fallen Order were, were what allowed me to slow down in combat games and remember mm-hmm. to block and parry and and keep in mind that enemies, I don't need to just run up and button mash, which is what I like to do in games. I enjoy the power fantasy of a game. Oh, yeah. I enjoy um, uh, Adam, hide your kid's, kid's ears for a minute. I enjoy game-ass games. And so... Mm-hmm. That's my preference in video games. Run up, press a lot of buttons, have a blast. Not slow down, take my time, be uh, particular. So Fallen Order and Darksiders 3 actually taught me to slow down a bit. And then I had to take that and magnify that lesson and learn it again and again in Elden Ring. And in Elden Ring, your objective is in the sky almost always. You see the giant tree in the sky. And from there, you decide how to get there. There is a golden path. Is one that's very challenging to do, but you're not supposed to find your own fun, but you are meant to explore and not, it's not a linear game. Yeah. Um, and I kept telling uh, Ains and Joe, because they were my DM people for this one, I was like, hey, I just beat this boss. They're like, that's not a boss. That's just an enemy. And I was like, oh boy. Um, yeah. But it clicks somewhere in there. And once it does, it was like a whole new world had opened up. And so that that was one of the most special gaming experiences to me. I count Elden Ring up there with Metal Gear Solid when I learned what stealth tactics were. Um, okay. I count it up there with when I learned Super Mario Brothers 3. What? I can fly in a 2D platformer with a raccoon suit? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Elden Ring was that for me. It is one of the best games ever made it stands among witcher 3 for me it stands among god of war 2018 for me so i i have a lot of love for elden ring oh man i just i i i don't know if it's the the aesthetics it's definitely the menu system god that menu system is ugly i'm it doesn't (laughs) nothing about it onboards you well no it does not nothing nothing so far has been like captivating nothing has been exciting to look at like everything is so bland and and everything just does not so it's like i feel like i'm 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 pushing through uh a a, a training montage that i don't want to do mm-hmm. knowing that there's supposed to be a really good feeling afterward it's probably why i don't like going to the gym is because i don't see the results and i like yeah. having those those short term goals and i don't see that in elden ring and i know that the payoff is at the end and mm-hmm. i just don't have the patience for it uh, my, yet my suggestion is to either put the game down and stop oh i did <laughs> or decide you're going all in but don't try and play it while you're playing other stuff like don't jump between really? sea of thieves and elden ring don't jump between destiny and elden ring it 
you need your brain to learn a new language with your hands. Mm -hmm. And that was the difference for me. I had to put all things down and learn. It is tough. tough. Uh, I need my social games. (laughs) No, I get it. It was worth it to me. And I am glad I did. Um, but it took that I don't have the skill set for the the prior experience skill set. Once yeah. I figured it out, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mm. Okay. Fair enough. Um, well, that was more time on Elden Ring than I planned to talk. That's cool. Um, I, I love hearing people convince me that I need to get back into it because I need that that kind of push. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm I I hope you take it. So. Uh, Clint also found the Dead Island 2 trailer for us. I watched it. It looks like more Dead Island, but in a great way. Um, yeah. I'm excited. I don't I, I don't have much more to say on it than it looks like Dead Island and I'm happy. It looks like it is it is a step up as far as what you would expect in 2023 for a yeah. Dead Island game. And honestly, the first game worked worked really well they came out with an expansion so if they're going to just bring up the graphics add new systems the ability card system looks good too um it looks it's straightforward enough which i appreciate especially in a zombie game i don't need to i don't need to worry about points i don't need to worry about gear score just give me abilities that enhance the stuff that i can do mm-hmm. so looks good I'm, I'm very interested to to jump into that if uh if that's if that's coming out um on game pass that would be fantastic Yep. Agree. We had the dying light people on and that's not the same group, but that's one that I want to have. Uh, I want to have dead Island two people on for sure. I'm working on that at the moment. We'll see. You never know. Like when it comes to that stuff, when I tell you guys oh, I'm yeah. working on an interview, it's, it's scheduling, it's time, it's, it's time zones. It's a lot of things. And sometimes they just don't, sometimes it's a matter of audience. Like, are we big enough to justify stopping development of something? Um, you know, it's, yeah. it's all basic, normal realities, but I'm working on that one, guys. Uh, Wo Long has come out, Logan. Wo Long, Fallen Dynasty, just, you know, kind of in that same realm of Elden Ring. I didn't get past the character creator uh, just because <laughs> of time purposes, not because of anything else. Uh, I know a couple of our Discord members are, are jumping in to play it. I want to jump in to play it. Um, I heard, though, that it's more like Sekiro, Sekiro than... It is Elden Ring, and that kind of dissuades me. So I'm going to try it, but it mm-hmm. might be one of those things where I thought I was going to play it a lot, Atomic Heart, and timing, real world, playing with my friends just didn't allow that. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, but I do want to say Wolong, 9.5, 9, 9, 9, 9, Crushed it over in the critical review category. This is a day one Game Pass game. That's cool. It's it's really cool to see like the, the first few months of of Xbox just putting out really good games on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. It's like it, it. This is it's not the big franchises that we always hope for when we think of like Xbox first party. But dude, game day one Game Pass is hard to beat when you're not sure about what the game is. And when you're seeing games that are coming out in the eight and nine range on game pass, it's like, that's value. That's yeah. really good value. Yeah. But yeah. No, I, I haven't jumped I'm, into this. I I don't know that I will uh, just because I'm still, I, I put Hogwarts on pause for destiny Two lightfall. And mm-hmm. uh, when I get done with the majority of what I need to do in destiny Two lightfall, which I'm, I'm pretty much there. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm probably going to be going back to finish up um hogwarts 
and then I'll probably get a chance to jump into this, but I've also got Hi-Fi Rush that I want to finish as well, too. Yeah. Hi-Fi Rush hit 2 million players. That's super cool to see. I know. That's cool. Um. Okay. Logan, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a timer. Oh, no. If you want to talk about Destiny Lightfall, you got a minute and a half. A minute and a half. <laughs> a minute and a half. <laughs> so... Okay, so yeah, I've been playing Destiny 2 Lightfall. Um, I will say this is not the Witch Queen's successor that I was hoping it would be. Uh, the atmosphere is really cool, but the the characters, the, the, the campaign itself is a an 80s action movie. It really is. It's got a, a an old guy and a young guy, and the young guy's a rookie, and the old guy's on his way to retirement, and it's just not compelling. Um, as far as story goes compared to what we got with Witch Queen, which was amazing. What I will say is Destiny, Bungie has put in a lot of uh, quality of life features to the game that have just absolutely made uh, gear building um, enjoyable. We've got so much changes that's come to it. And the new strand ability is great when you can find out what you want from it and build it out uh they they unlocked all the stuff that you want to be able to play around with the the tools that they that they had kind of locked away for time gating reasons but um they came out and unlocked those and now you can do full full strand builds and it's it's a lot better than uh it originally felt like but man did they lean heavy into the uh the 80s trope with uh lightfall and um I was kind of hoping to get a little meatier of a story compared to to what we had, but gameplay is still fantastic. Gameplay is still top notch shooter. Yeah, I'm okay. First of all, you did that quite well. You hit a minute and a half <laughs> quite well. You're very very much within there, so I'm I'm uh, impressed. Uh, are you having fun? Oh yeah, yeah, dude. No, the the, the game is still really really fun. It's just com- it, when you when you have when you have something as, as big and meaty and, and, and fantastic as the witch queen story with a villain that is just like, Oh my God, this is the complex villain I want. You know, I love the better, the villain, the better written, the villain, the better the game is, is or the story is always going to be uh, the villain in Lightfall camp campaign is Garbo. Uh, it's callous. It's a really, it's a really shoddy callous. A lot of the missions in the campaign feel abnormally harder than they should be compared to the rest of the content on legendary mode um i still managed to solo all of it but it it was definitely a a big test as far as like skill goes um it's just it's you know everyone always asks is now a good time to jump into destiny 2 there's never a good time to jump into destiny 2 but if you have a sherpa uh who can kind of explain where to go and what to do um then that's that's a great way to start picking up uh destiny 2 what i will say though is the campaign is a good way to onboard you to the new stuff that's going on with the destiny expansion um mm-hmm. so like anytime would anytime anyone would want to jump into destiny 2 before lifefall i would tell them pick up witch queen play through witch queen the campaign will get you um get you into destiny with your with you know with a, a guide um and then afterwards let me know we'll talk about like public events strikes all that stuff we'll get you onboarded that way but there's a it's a really deep game and it took me years 
with the help of Sherpas to mm-hmm. get to the point where I feel fluent um, to be able to explain it to others. So, but the gameplay, my God, you can't you can't play a game uh, like this on as a game as a service, in my opinion, and get the get the the feel of being able to have like the the gunplay is just spot bungie does gunplay better than anyone else i don't care who you talk to they do game gunplay better than anyone else it feels satisfying to kill in that game and yeah it's it's what keeps coming it's what keeps bringing me back even if the story is not that great even if the story is okay i still come back just because it's fun to run through dungeons and strikes in that game um so kind of piggybacking on our Elden Ring conversation with what you're saying about Destiny, Ellery write in, wrote in over on Patreon and she said, do either of you have a rule of thumb for how long to put into a game before deciding it's not for you or perhaps not just worth your time? The conundrum I have is that there are so many games out there that I want to try or play, but I have a finite amount of time, but by not giving the game some time, am I missing out on that awesome experience? This is where I think about Destiny. Uh, who is to say, but if probability has anything to say about it, the answer would be, uh, would be a number greater than zero. Oh man. Uh, so how do you have a rule of thumb for how long you'll play something before you decide it's not worth your time? Uh, and how long do you think somebody has to play destiny before you're like, Nope, not for me. I, I do. I typically do. Um, if it's a game, that's not something that's in my wheelhouse, uh, something that I would, I wouldn't normally play like a, like a JRPG or, um, uh, oh, I can't think of what the fire emblem games are, are called, but the, the tactics games, like where it's a mm-hmm. kind of, you know, paper, rock, scissors, um, mm-hmm. sports games, things like that. Indies, uh, those types of games, generally I give a couple hours of time to, to sit down like same thing with um atomic heart atomic heart i gave a solid two hours to to see how i felt about it i got a good feel within the first couple hours if someone tells me that the game has like a break point that you have to get past for it to get good then i will see if that's something that i'm i'm interested in if it's a game that i have like uh, i'm curious but it's just not hidden i'll see if i can get to that point before it gets it gets good um but if if it if it requires thirty hours to get good, I I can't I can't justify that if it's not something I'm going to be invested in um, for it to be good. With Destiny, the the base game doesn't have a whole lot of content, but it is free to play. I would say that it's worth installing and playing through as much of the free content as you can on your own. Don't expect to understand what's going on. Don't expect to to like have any clue of like what's what's happening because so much of what you play through in that game is going to be old and out of sync with what's currently going on because of the live service nature. But if if the gunplay feels fun, if the character that you that you're playing feels like you're having fun with it, that's when I would say, okay, start looking for other people who play it regularly to get a, a better understanding of, of how the mechanics and how the systems work. Okay. That makes sense. No, I'm thinking about, and I'm listening to what you're saying and I'm thinking about how long I usually put into games and like what systems keep me in what the mm-hmm. line, what's the PNR, the point of no return. Like, all right, I'm invested. I know enough to get good. Yeah. Where I'm at. 
I think what I think about like Elden Ring, not a genre I wanted to, but something about Elden Ring spoke to me. Maybe it was the art style, which is ironic because that wasn't for you. Yeah. Um, the art style, I think, spoke to me. And what I found myself doing is I would play Elden Ring. I would listen to bands like High Lung, which was that very warrior aesthetic. And then I would watch shows or movies that were set in those old fantasy times. And I just got mm. into a fantasy mode. And that was fun for me. Um, Maybe that's what I need to do. Maybe that's like, what's stopping me is I'm not in that mindset. It could be. I know when I was deep into Sea of Thieves in the summer, uh, season seven, I think it was for yeah. Sea of Thieves, I was watching Black Sails, playing Pirates of the Caribbean content, watching Pirates of the Caribbean. I was uh, waking up early to go fish. And then when my boys got on, we'd go and we'd PvP or PvE. Like I was in the, the sailor mind mindset yeah. superhero games when i'm playing that superhero genre i'm if i'm if i'm playing gotham knights i'm watching all the batman movies i'm watching the dc eu sort of because it's confusing um you know i'm watching that like i get into the mode where i'm doing it outside of the game yeah and so so that tends to be what i do when i was here's a good one when i just recently did all my sonic games i was watching the sonic <laughs> movies and shows on my tablet while i was playing you know like yeah. So that once I get into the mindset of a game, then I'm in. Like best believe when mm. Fallen Order comes out, Mando will be going for a while. Oh, uh, I'll be watching Mando. the movies again, oh. do a rewatch. That first That's episode. what happens for me. So good. I, I haven't gotten I because of my, haven't had time. my rough week. <laughs> yeah, my my very rough rough week with family. Um, it's been tough. So I we have not watched latest Last of Us or Mando or anything. Uh, mm. But we're going to but like when you're it's dealing with someone that's gonna pass away it's like oh once this happens then we can go and we got light at the end of the tunnel so yeah. we look into all these shows <laughs> and things that we're gonna play so that's something um that's so, too funny yeah yeah for sure do you do you, so you don't really have like an, an hours number that you go off of not no. even for indies no i actually play because i play a ton of indies anybody's welcome to go look at my <laughs> Go look at my achievement list, uh, whether it's like 10 achievement score or more like Insipid Ghost is my gamer tag. And you can see I play a lot of of games that are just small and silly. And I'll go in and play like Rise of the Fox Hero. Five dollar game, five dollar game made by one guy so they could play with his kids. Uh, no real story to speak of. It's just a little platformer. You're playing as a cute fox. Enjoying that. You know what I mean? Like. I'll spend five bucks and go play that game. Or uh, I got a code for a game called Swordship. Uh, I'm learning that game. That's a game where I have to learn the language of the game. Uh, I'm playing Swordship right now. It's interesting. That sounds um, interesting. Who gets back into Outriders at this point in time? Me. Why? Just I like playing games. <laughs> uh, Asante called me a, a, a grazer of games, and that's true. I go in hard on a few, and then I graze on a lot. So, I mean, it, it, that is the beauty of Game Pass right there, right? Yeah. You have tons of access. You can stream the game if you don't want to install it. If you if you have to worry about the the time to download, you know, if you I don't know about you, but I, I tend to use the, the mobile app to do my installs. So mm -hmm. like if there's something that I'm looking forward to, I usually go and like install it on one of the one of my two Xboxes to, to like have it ready to go. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I do a lot of managing on that way, but. It, I mean, Game Pass is fantastic for being able to to dip in and out of different different games from time to time. 
I am looking at your, uh, your, your profile here. I would like a little bit of an explanation on what Leisure Suit Larry is. Oh, shut up. I have not played Leisure Suit Larry. <laughs> Sorry, I had, I had the opportunity. Oh, I, had I to knew take. you would. I knew you would. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you threw me all off there. I know. I, I, messed know with, I, I will say, like, you're talking about Outriders, and I know I kind of poo-poo uh, Outriders in our private chats and stuff. Outriders still, uh, if, if that game had... If that game was pulled up from like a seven to eight for me, I would, I would be hard into Outriders because I love, I love how metal it is. I love how they've dedicated, like they just do expansions. They don't do live as a service. It plays like a live as a service game. It has the gear score, like a destiny and stuff. It's just, it's like, it's just a step right below destiny for me. And it just doesn't feel quite as satisfying to play, but it is still a, a a pretty pretty good game. So I don't blame you for going back into Outriders. It's fun, it's fun, and I very much want to play more. I know Kevin's doing it, Jam Pack Sam's doing it. Uh, I think Clint might be doing it. I I like Outriders, um, but it's you know how Destiny is like this big investment. I feel like yes. Outriders is one we'll play for like two three weeks, and then chill with. You know what I mean? And yeah. have gotten our money's worth, had our time's worth, played together, had fun, and then be done with. Or put down and then come back to later because season three of Halo is here. But like, that's cool oh, yeah. for me. I'm okay with that, you know? Yeah, that's, that is actually a really strong uh, positive for Outriders is that it is easy to pick up and, and put down because it's not a live service. There's no FOMO. You just go back to it whenever you want. Gotcha. I agree. All right. Let's get to some listener questions. We had a lot of listener questions. We've worked a few into the show already, but uh, we got a lot here. This one came in from Twitter uh, from Stubbs Gaming over on Twitter. He's a host of the Plastic Platforms podcast. He says, Luke, as you are a Gears of War fan like myself, would you like, what would you like for the future of Gears of War? A forge like builder of maps and horde mode, but far better than what we experienced with the failed escape mode map builder. Um, okay, so I don't think forge or anything like it is important for gears. I don't think that's something that gears needs to do. In fact, I think sometimes when first parties rely on communities to build things, um, that's not a good move for that game. Uh, but as far as good for gears, I would love to see a gears spinoff that you're playing very much alone, almost like a survival game, a survival horror game where you're moving through Sarah. Uh, take it back to when it was uh, locusts and they're coming up out of the ground, not not the swarm, and you're having to survive. You're having to scavenge weapons and you're on low ammo and you've got sniper rifles, you've got melee weapons, and you're having to move through Sarah uh, to get back to a certain place or to rescue someone. I think that'd be really cool. Think Resident Evil, Gears of War, and... Um, oh, my mind's blanking on another kind of factor it in there, but like an open world survival game would be really cool for Gears. Uh, I'd also love to see a first person shooter version of Gears where you are playing as like a special special operations team, uh, the Onyx Guard maybe, or a spinoff of it, and you're using special special weapons that we've not gotten to use before that only Spec Ops would have access to. Uh, that'd be really really cool. I think Gears has a lot of unexplored territory and they've done a lot of just third person heavy slam into the protective 
uh, area pop and stop shooters. I want to see something different for gears. Um, that isn't in gear like gear six. I want to be traditional gears, but I want spinoffs to freshen the franchise. What do you think, Logan? That's really tough. Honestly, like I'm sitting here racking my brain of the type of games that I like that I would like to see from a gears of war. And to be honest, I really just want to, I don't know. Cause I'm, I still haven't been able to get through four or five. Like those are still on my backlog and I've watched a lot of both games and it's, and it's gone in a different direction. Um, and I like that they're moving forward with the story and I can't wait to see what they do with six. I think I'll push myself to, to play through four and five when the, the announcements start coming out for six. Um, but as far as like, you know, letting, cause when you say that, it, that letting con or let, letting like the gamers kind of make the content for the game. I immediately jump to Super Mario Maker and Super Mario Maker 2 in my mind or mm -hmm. uh, Minecraft or Fortnite. Like there are some fantastic things uh, that can be done for a game and the community. If the community is given the tools to do it, just think of like all the, the Bethesda games and whenever, you know, they can start like building the mods out for, uh, you know, for, or when, when they have the tools to be able to build mods for those games. Uh, the, the community goes crazy for it. So it would be very interesting to actually see what would Gears of War look like if players were given the tools to be able to create their own content for it. Um, but I feel like maybe I'm I'm a little stuck in the past with Gears of the War and that I, I've kind of just been, you know, attached to, to Marcus and then just a, a little too much. And I haven't allowed myself to move forward with the new characters yet, which is why I haven't felt like I needed to jump into the, to the newer games, but it's really tough to say maybe a farming simulator, you know, seems to be real popular nowadays. You know, you can just make a whole bunch of swarmers or something, you know, you got to care Gears for a uh, Brumox or something. Gears tactics was really cool. That was a great video game. If you haven't played that, I liked mm -hmm. the gears pop mobile game, but, <laughs> I, I like mobile games. So side, side note, that new Doom mobile game looks cool. It does. That the looks mini fun. slayer uh, looks yeah. adorable. I want to play yeah. that. <laughs> um, yeah, monetization is always the enemy in mobile games, but Gears Pop was fun until it got overly, overly monetized. Yeah. But I would like to see Gears do more because Gears Tactics was dope um, for sure. <clears throat> I want to see. I want to see uh, Coalition do something that's not Gears. I want to see yes. something fresh from them. Like I go crazy, whatever you want, make a, make a fishing game for all I care. But I want to see them take the, 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 the talent that they have and, you know, maybe throw it into a, a third person action adventure with swords. Who knows where they could go with that kind of stuff? Like where, where could they go with that? I would love to see what little teams in coalition want to build out the way uh, obsidian has been doing with mm -hmm. pentiment or grounded you know that would be that would be what i what really interests me less less so about gears of war gears um i think everyone still calls it gears of war that's what uh, it yeah. should have been the whole push for gears by rod ferguson i was like no just gears of war call it gears of war um whatever uh, <laughs> Next question comes from Edward Varnell from the Boss Rush Network, always with the Microsoft slander, Edward. Uh, he says, 
Do you fear that some Microsoft games can quickly lose steam after their initial release? Have you ever felt like Microsoft should do more to keep that game visibility and popularity going instead of saying, instead of just saying it's on game pass? Uh, yeah. Y- yes. Yeah. But I also don't think like hi-fi rush does need some more marketing, but it just hit 2 million players. See if thieves, just 55 minutes ago at the time of this recording put out a new video and they've got more content coming um i don't know if you saw that logan there's a uh, oh yeah no I, I there's a whole big stream going on on monday i have to delay my podcast just to be able to cover all of it uh it would have been great if it was a friday because then i'd be able to leave release my right? my my game on the regular day um but yeah i do you yeah. mind if i jump on on this i feel like i got you, some. yeah you go ahead you tackle okay. this edward edward yes and and I think the problem is is that we're com- we're secretly comparing it to Nintendo and Sony. Nintendo and Sony have huge first party games, and those first party games are the things that people love to look forward to. And Sony lets people sit and stew on those for a long time until the next game. The, the last the last like everyone was uh, like, what is the new big game for Sony uh, since God of War Ragnarok? Yeah, I didn't think so. So in in the, in the sense, like we just had Hi-Fi Rush and Wulong come day one to Game Pass within a three month time frame. And when, you know, if, if you're saying like, does do they lose steam after the initial release? Yeah, because there's new awesome stuff that's actually coming all the time. And yes, it can get lost in the mix, but it's always on Game Pass. So you don't necessarily have to be to be in the zeitgeist with everyone else to still enjoy these games. The the fact that the great games are coming are there, but it's not a Sony. It's not a Nintendo. You're not sitting there anticipating for six months when Zelda's finally going to be released and then have Zelda to, to chew on for the next eight months until something else comes out that you're super, super excited for. Microsoft just puts out what they put out all the time as soon as they can on Game Pass, and it's there regardless. So yes but only if only if you're looking at at what other companies are doing and their marketing tactics otherwise they will but that's because something else exciting is coming i think that's that's a big part of it is that other companies have not other companies but microsoft's built their model to be this then this then this then this and this take your pick whereas other companies like nintendo and and sony there's this big pillar moment. Look forward to it. Have yeah. it. Keep it. And that tends to be their their model. And um, I, for one, like that they're different. But I would point out that, like, the only part I take issue with truly is the idea that they don't. How do I put this? <laughs> they should do. I'm, I'm trying to read. Oh, lose steam after their initial release. It's like Sea of Thieves. Grounded, Halo Infinite, like more people are playing those games now than when they launched, right? Now, Halo Infinite, maybe he's talking about the mindshare of the single player part. Sure. But like season three is set to launch and it that video has been out for two weeks and it's got more likes on it than all of season two had. And it's which been out is, for months. Which is super fair, though. That is right. <laughs> season two was lame. But like yeah. what I mean is there's hype around a lot of things and they get ongoing support and steam consistently. Like they keep getting pushes for it. Forza horizon rally venture to me is a disappointment. 
but like the game's already had a Hot Wheels expansion. It's already got north of 20 million players. And I don't know, like, do you have 20 million for the latest Kirby game? I don't no. know. But, but you see my point? Like, I think it's a, what ecosystem are you surrounding yourself with? I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, uh, uh I don't want to steal Ed's, um, question and, and twist it, but I do want to pose to you something in the similar vein. Do you think games, media and journalism moves on? from Xbox titles more often because there's always something. Do you think like the zeitgeist for Xbox games uh, diminishes quicker than Sony or, or my Nintendo games? We had a talk about this briefly on the old Twitterverse. I don't think there is a media bias by most reporters. Like I think most reporters in gaming are, are just reporting on games. I think in some outlets there is a clicks bias because articles about certain topics get more clicks. Oh, yeah. And so I think that's what you're seeing in some cases. But to, I don't want anyone to, to mistake that as an inflammatory statement. Like, I don't think the media has anything against Xbox or against Bethesda or anything else. I think the majority of Xbox relevant news is Activision Blizzard right now. Yeah. Right. As much as Hi-Fi Rush deserves accolades, and it does, that's a game of the year contender. Um, you get more clicks if you're talking about Activision Blizzard. You know, you yeah. get more clicks if you're talking about how Halo has disappointed. Um, you don't. You probably don't get a lot of clicks if you're talking about Sea of Thieves. If you're IGN, you get a lot of Sea of Thieves engagement if you run Sea of Thieves content. I, IGN would so, have to write about Sea of Thieves. <laughs> but do you see what I'm saying? Like, I yeah, it's a yeah. clicks bias, not a mindset bias. That's my impression. Are there here and there? Sure. If I go to Xbox era, I'm gonna get some Xbox slanted news, and I'm sure some of our listeners here listen to Xbox era stuff, as do I. Like, I love Abe, and I and I like. Um, special Nick and I love uh Seiko yeah. like great dudes. But what I'm saying is you go where your audience is, you make for your audience, you go where your, your mindset is most of the time, most of the XEP listeners that are, are, are here every week know that we're not here to bash PlayStation. Most of them know that we have no problem with, you know, talking about the goods and the bads. That's you go where you want to hear your type of content though. Yeah. I'll talk bad about Jim Ryan, but I will not talk bad about the studios under under Sony. Hundred percent, right with you. <laughs> I fully agree. I think Jim Ryan's a bad dude. Think a lot of those studios are great, and you could argue there are plenty of Xbox execs that are missing the mark as well. Yes. So. Yeah, and I, I every every studio has higher ups that I can point to and be like, I don't like them because a lot of it's probably like my own personal biases with, with uh, authority figures and income and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I definitely think that you're right about the clicks, like driving the content. Um, Elden ring guides guides in general are some mm -hmm. of the biggest thing for IGN. Um, it's where they make most of their revenue, which is what feeds all of the, all of the employees, it's what gives them the opportunity to do fun stuff like podcasts, because if we're being honest, podcasts are not the driving factor for things on IGN. People are looking up information from them and that's why their guides teams are so important. Um, I'm always curious 
though, when, when I hear the different podcasts, I love listening to, um, other shows, uh, outside of the Xbox ecosystem. It's so fascinating to hear where they are. And honestly, when I listen to other shows, especially for Sony and for Nintendo, a lot of the hosts are in the, um, hurry up and wait, uh, kind of discussion. Like they're always looking forward to what the next big release is and they don't have a whole lot to really kind of tide them over. Most of it's like indie stuff. Whereas with Xbox, it feels like just about every couple of weeks, the game that people are playing will shift from game to game to game to game. And that's because I think there's a lot more accessibility for games in general through Game Pass that drives the narrative to continuously talk about new games that are coming out. So that's why I think it feels like a lot of games lose their lose their initial interest um, through Microsoft compared to what else is Nintendo like the the Nintendo Direct was one of the longest stretches between they've they've had a Nintendo Direct. Same thing with Sony. Sony had been quiet for so long that people are like, "Where's the Direct? Where's the Sony uh, PlayStation Showcase?" You know, like what's going on with that? They're constantly like wondering when their companies are going to talk to them. Whereas with Xbox, it's just a constant feed we're just constantly getting stuff to to kind of get on our on our plates to be able to play mm-hmm. nope i think you very much very much summed up my thoughts there as well uh let's see oh two fun ones related to fighting games before we go uh first up we've got we've got uh let's see anubis here favorite mortal Kombat characters or street fighter characters um easy for me uh I, I first of all do you play mortal kombat or street fighter not anymore i did when i was a kid um i i have not really jumped into i jumped into uh gosh injustice 2 and uh boy fighting games have gotten a lot more difficult um for me <laughs> in the future but no i i haven't played them in a long time but i do love those franchises cool okay i love injustice as well so you're okay for that one. Um, <laughs> but uh, let's see. For me, favorite Mortal Kombat character? Yeah. Uh, Reptile, Scorpion, and Epoch. Um, Reptile, first of all, the ninjas are my favorite. I like, I like to say they were just like several different color ninjas because like Sub-Zero, Scorpion, Reptile, right. and, and Reptile, <laughs> like green just look cool. Um, I get Green Ranger vibes from it. But like in the movie Mortal Kombat, the first one where it goes Reptile. And that, that was great. That song started. Oh God, it was so that was cool. such a good. I love that movie, man. I don't. Yeah. I know it's cheesy as hell, but damn, that's such a good video game movie. And the soundtrack oh, is amazing. Such a good right. soundtrack. Friggin' love it. Friggin' um, love it. Okay, Mortal Kombat. Uh, probably would have to be Baraka, and oh. probably. I mean, Scorpion's kind of like the the go to, but I really do love Baraka. And, um, uh, oh, dang it. I forgot her name. Um, but she's, uh, it's the, the female Goro. What is her name? She, Shiva? Shiva. Oh my God. I don't, I can't believe I forgot that. Yeah. Shiva and I'd say Baraka are like my two favorites. What we're going to, I'm going to push forward Street Fighter. What do you got for Street Fighter? Oh my gosh. I love street fighter four i and four was my i had a fight stick oh my gosh i love it um so akuma ryu ken easy um nice. 
I don't remember. I don't remember some of the characters' names now because it's been so long. Yeah. But like, Akuma was my jam. I mm-hmm. loved Ryu. I loved uh, Ken. I loved. I forget. He's, he's the boxer. He's not Sagat, but he's the oh. other boxer, like kickboxer. No, 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 no. The other kickboxer. Oh, but he kickboxer. Has really, he has this really like Thai kickboxer. He has like this really cool like thing where you go up to the top of the screen and then you vertically cut a hypotenuse of a triangle with his kicks. Oh my gosh. What is his name? It's not Vega. It's not Vega. It's like a Thai kickboxer. He's like smaller Sagat, crazy red hair. Yeah. Um, love him. Is it? I can't think of his love name. Him. It's been too long since I played Street Fighter 4, but like, and then uh, Ibuki. I loved Ibuki. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> she was really cool. Yeah. Um, I, I, but I, I mastered almost every character in Street Fighter 4 back when I was playing nice. my fight stick. Yeah. Nice. I think yeah. Blanca and Vega were my two favorites. Out of, out of infuriating that oh <laughs> i loved him i love the bite that he does it's just it mm-hmm. cracks me up guile um oh my god guile sonic boom i he could sonic boom me any day um yeah fantastic characters love i would love a street fighter movie that would be dumb and it wouldn't have raul julia but i would love to to see like what a street fighter would be in in 2023 it was a good question though that is a good question. And it ties into our next one, uh, which comes from Kevin Ainsworth. Shout out to him in Save Game Media. Uh, he says, uh, Guilty Gear Strive is finally got has finally got a date for its release on Xbox and Game Pass. I feel like I briefly saw this. I didn't confirm it, but um, oh, yeah. do you either do either of you have any interest? And I'll say no, not specifically Guilty Gear. Um, however, with MK12 set to release this year and Street Fighter, um, it's the year of fighting games. And like, can you imagine if street fighter came to game pass? Oh, I know. dude, that would be in Capcom has set precedent with monster hunter. So maybe not resident evil, but dude, bring it, bring, bring street fighter to game pass day one. That would be amazing. Um, I, I got into guilty gear early two thousands, uh, with guilty Gear XX and, I still think soul and foster my two favorite characters there. Um, I haven't played a guilty gear since uh, just cause it was mostly like when I was playing on PS2 back then, but it was always like either we like me and my friends from GameStop, we would always go and, and we'd either play uh, smash bros or uh, guilty gear. Like those were the two games that we would go hang out on Sunday nights and, and play together. But um, yeah, I know there's a bunch of new characters now that i just i have no clue about they all look uh fantastic but yeah i would say like you know soul and faust with faust being the the top spot there are like my favorite characters the characters in guilty gear strive are so funny and the the game is like man that is a tight game they're they're i don't think there's anyone that would argue that uh that guilty gear is not a, a strong franchise when it comes to fighters I just don't have enough experience in it, you know? Yeah. No, it, it, you have to get dragged into it because it's not like one of those standout, long-lasting franchises that has been like mainstream. Well, I, I guess now it's actually been, it's been kind of mainstream for a couple decades now, but it, it's definitely like, if you're a fighting fan, you know. But if you're not, then I wouldn't blame anyone for not knowing what Guilty Gear is. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it is a solid 2D fighter. Honestly, you know, it would be really surprising is if we got a novel, a, a, like another Marvel versus Capcom 
that would that would surprise me like where is that in this world i want marvel vs. capcom 2 to become available again it is infuriating to me that it's not publicly available because that game was so brokenly awesome i had such a good time with it i see for me i don't care about capcom i want just marvel marvel like oh that would be a new marvel fighter a marvel fighter 2d sprites all day and then let injustice 3 be its thing like Injustice 2, I didn't like its gear system, but like I loved all the characters that were there and I want all the Marvel characters there. Like for me, mm-hmm. Marvel vs. Capcom 2 was just a way to play with Spider Man and X Men and uh, yeah. Fantastic Four and just like the villains that were in there. And that was the coolest thing. It really was. Yeah. And that's that's what I want. I don't actually care about, I don't want like them dumb Mega Man, not Mega Man or Mega Man X, oh. but like the yellow, the yellow thing. Like that dumb character, the dumb. Tron. Tron bone. Yeah, Tron, Tron bone looks stupid. Like some of those guys, oh like, I don't want to play as like, yeah, I get it. We all love that he took pictures in Dead Rising, but I don't need to play as Frank West, you know, like, okay, Nemesis is here, but like, fine. Like, I don't care. But my superheroes, yes, sir. You know, that's what, but I'm, I'm biased there because I just love superheroes. That's funny. I don't, I don't blame you. You, you come, you come honest to the, to the whole thing. So I don't blame you, but I, yeah, where's, where's Marvel versus Capcom like remaster or something or re-release or the sequel to that? Like that would be great. But yeah, Kevin, I, if I wasn't like, if, if I was still in my twenties, you know, playing fighting games all the time, I would probably love jumping into Guilty Gear Strive. Honestly, I'm not a huge online fighter person like for me my hang-up is still the uh the the latency i'm still too too stuck in the time where i used to play with the person next to me and that was i don't know that it, it, that's an experience i don't think you can really replicate online agree yeah yeah that's fair. yeah well logan i think that will do it for us unless i've missed anything have i missed anything is there anything you wanted to mention before we start winding down no, man, we, we covered just about anything. We got a lot of, I mean, it's March is March madness is kicking up. Not mm-hmm. for, not for the sense of, of, you know, like the, the, the college football, you know, collegiate or not football. What is it? Collegiate basketball. That's, That's it. Mm-hmm. I know sports. You know calling sports me a ball. You're poser. doing great. <laughs> Whatever. Over no. the net. We, we, uh, you, you put out a tweet that was covering like what March is like, and you've got like Wulong, Halo, Valheim, MLB, Forza. There's Sea of Thieves season nine coming. There's so many games that are coming out and, uh, Resident updates to games. Evil. And, and yeah, it's, oh, I do actually want to play Resident Evil 4 remastered, but me too. <sighs> yeah. I need to do the VR village. I need Lady Demetresque to be um, towering over me. I'm telling you, I'll make an exclusive Patreon tier for you to stream <laughs> it. Um, I'll be the only subscriber subscriber to it. I'll do it. I want to watch it. I want to watch it. I, oh, watch God. I would have to get a PlayStation camera, and I, and I don't know that I could justify that that little piece. Of, maybe I can get Joe to, to sell me his because he's not using it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. He's ugly. <laughs> Mr. Um, Mr. Bad take. No, I think we covered everything, man. That was it was a, a lot to cover, surprisingly. We did. We did. Uh and while we were recording, I was able to give away the copy of Dead Space uh Digital Ooh. Deluxe. I gave that away over on 
in our uh, Discord, which was pretty darn cool. That came from Matt Valdez at Seriously559. He donated that to us to give away, which was cool. And then live on air, uh, as, a, as if thanking us for the code, but then making very clear that it wasn't about it. Uh, <laughs> the winner of that code, Matt Without Fear, up to Tier 3 Patreon. So that was pretty Aww. cool. That was a nice. That's awesome. Uh, Congrats cool to Matt there. Without Fear too. Got yeah. the got the Dead Space Deluxe Edition. The game is so good. The game is so good. <sighs> it looks game. cool. Yeah, I love the I love the skins. I just, bro, I can't with that. <laughs> my my heart cannot take it. I know it's nuts. It's nuts. <sighs> well. Uh, Logan, that is going to do it for me this week. I'll be debuting our new creator talk show for tier two and three patrons excited for that one. Of course, you guys can find me over on Twitter at insipid ghost and XEP that you're already listening to is on all your podcast services and YouTube. Logan, tell us where Keelhauled can be found and where to find you on the socials. Uh, I'm going to be in the discord for XEP. I'm also on Twitter at CAPT underscore L O G U N and Keelhauled will be running a little bit late this week because there's a big developer stream on Monday that I am delaying the content for. So that way, if you guys want to know what's what's getting announced, they've been teasing all weekend about cool stuff that's coming to season nine for Sea of Thieves. I am going to have all of that summarized in a sharp, sharp hour, maybe an hour and a half episode on Tuesday. I will be listening to it as I so often do. Uh, I also oh, love your you. hard Discord. They are awesome. Um, are they cool? You you baited are. them so hard with the PVE servers <laughs> thing. Oh my god! I was like, this is how I die. This is the fire that starts the blaze that's going to consume all of my content. Yeah. Why would you come yeah. in here saying it needs PVE yeah. servers? It was great because it does need PVE servers. <laughs> oh man, that was the best. Oh, I watched them like melt down too. I was like. <laughs> yeah it's it's it look I, I i saw a fantastic quote the other day i never saw a button i didn't want to push yes <laughs> that's good that's good that's cool but shout out to oars and so many there uh they don't listen to xcp but i love them anyway they're great <laughs> <laughs> all right that's gonna be it from us guys take care <laughs>